Welcome to Redefining the Good Life, the podcast that calls BS on the rat race of modern life and helps you finally have the courage to go after your dreams. I'm your host, Aishan Karaduman, aka The Omnivorist. I'm a life coach and functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Using a blend of mindset tools and ancestral nutrition, as well as understanding just what it means to be human today, I'm here to help you change the trajectory of your life. Another future is possible, my friend. Welcome on board. Hey friends, today on the podcast, I am resharing with you one of my all-time most popular episodes, Clean Pain versus Dirty Pain. I go into why this is such a crucial distinction to understand and what it means for your personal growth. This is something that's been coming up a lot in my own life and for my clients, so I figured it's time for a refresher. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you haven't heard this one before, you are in for a treat, my friend. And if you already have heard this episode when it first came out, I would actually invite you to listen to it again, because this stuff always bears repeating. And I personally also find that when I revisit some of my favorite podcasts and books and what have you, I always find that I have grown in the meantime since the last time I heard that or I read that, and so it registers a little differently. I hear it in a different way. I receive it in a different way, and I really think that is such a beautiful thing. So with that, I will leave you to it. Hello, lovely people. I hope that you're doing well. Last time on the podcast, I talked to you all about the power of coaching and what having your own coach in addition to your own self-coaching can do for you. Today's topic is one of those amazing distinctions that I have learned through coaching that's made the biggest difference in my life. And that is the difference between clean pain and dirty pain. This is something um, I've touched upon a little bit before that was on episode 15, how to have your own back. So I would say definitely go back and listen to that if you haven't already, but it's not a prerequisite for listening to today's episode. Now, you've probably heard me say this before, and this is something that Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School says often, which is that life is 50-50. So what does that mean? That means there will be positive emotion half the time and negative emotion half the time. Shitty things will happen. That's just how life is. That is the human experience. Now, doing your own work on yourself, it does not mean that you're going to be happy and fulfilled and full of joy all the time. That is not how it works. So, The goal of coaching and doing that, you know, doing your own healing is not to achieve perfection, okay? But the true mark of taking emotional responsibility in your life 
is in how we handle the shitty feelings and what we make it mean when things don't go as we had hoped. So here's how that works. Stuff happens that you didn't expect, that you didn't want, and you feel all the painful or uncomfortable feelings. You're mad or sad, disappointed, frustrated, anxious, lonely, or just bored or restless. None of these are actually a problem unless you make it a problem. It becomes a problem when you judge your feelings and resist them, when you think they shouldn't be happening. That's where all the trouble begins. So this is where you get into dirty pain. When things don't go according to plan, you know, let's say you don't hit a financial goal you set for yourself. You yell at your kids again. You get your heart broken. You don't get the promotion you wanted. You have a fight with your partner. What have you? So life happens and you feel bad. So far, so normal. But the dirty pain begins when you make that mean horrible things about you, about others, about life, about love, about what opportunity means in general. And you write a really unhelpful story about it. You judge your own pain. You think it shouldn't be happening. So sometimes clients will come to me in a total tizzy because of something happened and they don't feel good and they have all these uncomfortable feelings. <laughs> and I will often ask them, where is the problem here? Is there a problem here? It is so important to make this distinction because so often it turns out the problem is not the actual initial feeling itself, but the unhelpful story that we write about it. So stories like, my dream is unattainable. I was crazy to even think it was possible. I knew it. I knew I could not trust other people. I never finish what I start. There are no good men out there. I'm obviously not qualified. I can't believe I'm still here dealing with this. I should be over this by now. Now, this is a really sneaky one, especially when we've just begun our personal development journey and we have learned all these amazing new tools and then we promptly use them to beat ourselves up. <laughs> so all of these are basically different versions of this shouldn't be happening. And what's really underneath all of that is often some version of I am broken. I am unlovable. Something's deeply wrong with me right? Do you see how painful that can be? And so that is really pure, dirty pain, and it is entirely optional. That's where you go from experiencing the clean pain that is a normal feature of being alive to suffering needlessly. Plus, another reason these stories, these thoughts are so unhelpful is that, you know, it's like that saying, once bitten, twice shy. Because, you know, as a result of writing a painful story, you will be afraid of taking action again in the future. And as a result of not taking action, you will not get where you want to go. And it's all because of that unhelpful yet entirely optional story in your head. So, 
Here is what leaning into the clean pain looks like. Now, first of all, understand that wanting to avoid or resist your uncomfortable emotions is entirely normal. We often do it without any reflection, really automatically. So this, what I'm offering you here, this right here, it's an art. It's the art of learning how to allow your feelings. It's learning how to lean into them and not making yourself wrong for feeling them and remembering that it should be happening. It's unfolding exactly as it's supposed to and that we make room for all of the feelings. So how do we do that exactly? One of my favorite ways to address this with myself and with my clients is allowing for that somatic um, component. So, and first of all, you know, remember, if you will, to past episodes, I've talked about this before, that most useful of emotions, which is curiosity. So I invite you in that moment to get curious about how it feels, you know, that emotion that you are so uncomfortable with. How are the sensations in the body? Just observing without judgment, just noticing the different vibrations. For example, for myself, I know that when I get anxious, I have this like kind of this this ball of energy that's kind of buzzing, that's like sitting underneath my sternum. Or when I'm sad, it's like a more diffuse sensation further up in my chest. And sometimes it just moves up, 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 all the way up. And then it comes out as tears. So all of that is actually processing that emotion in a healthy way. We don't want to stand in the way of that emotion wanting to make its way in our body. And again, going back to that other episode, which I'm going to, by the way, include in the show notes, having your own back means being able to tell yourself, I will love you no matter how shitty or how ugly you feel. We are here for all of it. And that, my friends, is where your most profound power lies. Because when you can be okay with feeling all the feelings, you will not be afraid of life. You will know that the worst thing that can happen is a vibration in your body. And that's something you know how to handle. Now, I want to give an example here from my own life when I've experienced this clean versus dirty pain in a very uh, profound way. And this was actually before I had all these tools at my disposal, all this, you know, all these personal development and coaching tools. And this is around the birth of my second kid, and which was a bit of an eventful <laughs> eventful um, birth. And, you know, as you can imagine, I had done so much research into birth, and I also, you know, knew from my first kid, and I had gone with um, a team of midwives who respected uh, physiological birth as much as possible, the same as um, the same team that had accompanied me with my first. And I also really hoped to avoid all the complications and medical interventions we ended up having with my first, because he was actually really late. Um, here in France, actually, pregnancy is measured like they give you one more week. 
So it's cool because you have less pressure. Like there is, it's not 40 weeks, it's 41 weeks. And then they give you one more week or two more weeks. I forget what, but basically my kids happen to be, they, they just love, they're just so comfortable. They don't like to come out. They, they are late. <laughs> and so with my first one, I couldn't avoid it any longer. He was like super late and, you know, I had to get um, induced. And, you know, of course that, <laughs> that, that uh, triggered a whole cascade of interventions as we call them. So with my second, I was like, okay, this time I'm going to be extra ready. I'm going to avoid all of that stuff. I'm going to do everything I can to avoid the same thing as last time. Da -da -de -da -da -da. But, you know, <laughs> life happens. And of course, we don't control anything. And I mean, I'm going to make this short. It's, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But it turned out that the day um, I almost went into labor, but actually it, I didn't. It was just still I had one more night. It was actually a certain Friday the 13th in Paris, and um, that evening there were terrorist attacks, and um, I found out right before going to bed, and I basically went to bed feeling quite terrified, um, not sure what the next day would bring, not sure if I would go into labor in the middle of the night, and if I did, if I could even get around and go to the clinic to meet my midwife, and or if she would have to guide me on Skype. <laughs> I just, you know, the whole thing was a big mess. Um, so to make a long story short, I did make it like, I didn't start contractions till the next morning. And but it was very emotionally charged, as you can imagine. Um, there were lots of emotions. Um, it was a very sad and, you know, terrible day. And, um, and yet there was this new life also that I was bringing into the world. And so to make a long story short, I didn't. We did make it to the clinic and all that stuff, but the whole thing ended up in a surprise C-section. And you know, if you know anything about me by now, you might imagine that this wasn't something that I took lightly, and I did not feel good about it. And I knew all about the risks associated with C-sections. You know how it was so much worse for the baby's gut health when he doesn't pass through the vaginal canal. Um, and also that it was, you know, it represented obviously a major surgery for me, et cetera, et cetera. But here's where that got into dirty pain. For a long time after the birth, I had feelings of inadequacy. Like I hadn't been woman enough. You know, I had so many regrets. I, you know, I was revisiting everything in my mind. Like, I should have prepared better. I should have taken those hypnobirthing classes. I should not have asked for that epidural in the end. That's what, you know, got me into all that trouble. Um, I should have insisted on a home birth and not, a, not even given myself the option for medical intervention, etc., etc. So here is where, for example, of course, you're allowed in that situation, right, to feel really disappointed. You hoped for something and it, you didn't get it. Um, and of course you know, be feeling disappointed would have been just the clean pain, right? I'm not happy about this. I had wished for, you know, bringing my baby into the world through natural means, and I was disappointed that it didn't work out. Again, so far, so normal. But feeling inadequate and depressed because I made that mean that I had somehow done something wrong, that I wasn't strong enough, worthy enough, woman enough, whatever it was, all of that was like just dirty pain. 
And, you know, I did end up working through all that stuff. And it took some time because, you know, like I said, I did not have access to all the tools that I have at my disposal today, but I did finally move on from there. And what I want to say here is that I think regret especially is a clear clue that you are getting into dirty pain because, you know, it really takes intention to deliberately choose to think that you made the best decisions in the moment given the extent of your knowledge at that time. So second-guessing yourself and looking at everything in hindsight and going over your past decisions, all of that only makes you more tentative in the future, and it makes you more afraid of life and more afraid of taking action. It really has no upside, right? And of course, in this situation, this is something that clearly affected my confidence as a mom and as a woman, and it just wasn't helpful. So I eventually allowed myself to feel all the feelings, all the disappointment that went with it, you know, and remembering that I am just a human being with like feeling human emotions, and it's supposed to be this way. You know, it's not what we want at the time, but then it is always through those experiences and those disappointments that we grow and become resilient and become who we are meant to become. So I allowed my feelings around that C-section to work through me, and then I put a stop to all the regretting, and I put a stop to all the feelings of inadequacy. And I decided that I am whole no matter what, and it does not mean anything about how much of a woman I am or how good of a mother I am. And, you know, and, and, and I recognize that those were all pretty useless stories <laughs> now that I think back on them. So I really hope that, you know, this distinction has been useful for you as well. I do want you to think about what this applies to in your own life currently. Like, where are you telling yourself an unhelpful story? Again, you can use those clues that I gave you today, like wherever you're feeling regret when you look at your past or wherever you're feeling some sort of um, timidity when it comes to taking action in a certain um, aspect of your life moving into the future. And here is what I want to say. When you're listening to me talk, you know, on these podcasts, you might be like, oh, yeah, like that makes total sense. And, you know, maybe you're even like nodding your head vigorously at various parts. But guess what? Many of your thoughts and reactions to things are still totally invisible to you. You know, I was talking to another client recently who also just finished her package with me, her first package anyway, and she was saying, you know, I could have never caught myself like that. Like, I could have never caught how subtly I was judging myself all the time, like, unless, like, I had you there. And she was saying, like, how, you know, she doesn't get that from friends either, because, of course, like, your friends are there to sympathize with you. They're there to agree with your stories, with your thoughts, for the most part. They're not there to reveal to you your own BS so that you can move past them, right? And that's totally appropriate. I mean, that's what I need from my friends anyway, too. Um, but when you want to move past your current limits, when you want to move toward your goals and dreams with confidence, you need something more than that. Because you've been living with the voices in your head for so long, like all of your life, it's, it's, like it's become like the water in which you swim. I mean, they're completely invisible for you. Um, they're just part of the decor. And a coach 
helps you put a stop to all that. A coach points shit out to you that you never would have expected. A coach will reveal to you those sneaky, subtle ways in which you're gaslighting yourself and, you know, putting a break on your goals and dreams without even being aware of it and despite your best intentions. So I really invite you to get in touch with me today to put a stop to all that madness in your brain and, you know, let's just do this. Let's just go for this. I've got new coaching slots coming up. So, you know, drop me an email. Let's talk and see if this is the right fit. Um, you can contact me at contact at theomnivorous.com and we'll take it from there. And of course, that address is also in the show notes. That's all I have for you today, my friends. I wish you a wonderful day. Hey, come join us in our private Facebook group, Redefining the Good Life, where we continue the conversation about just what it means to have a meaningful life today. See you there.